You're listening to a podcast by Lance Lambert Ministries. For more information on this ministry, visit lancelambert.org. In this episode, Lance teaches about the yoke of Christ and how we have real rest when we are under His yoke. Lance speaks about the differences between the yoke of self, which never brings rest, and the light yoke of the Lord, which brings fulfillment. Let's listen. I want you to turn to um, two verses in Matthew chapter 11 that we have already been um, pointed to this morning and also last night. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 and 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, the word I just want to take from this is the word yoke. For it seems quite clear to me that this is the key to these, to these two verses. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here we have really it seems to me, the secret of true rest. All of us need to discover what rest is. The rest of faith. The rest that comes through full assurance of faith. The rest which the Lord Jesus alone can give us. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now, I suppose we all know something uh, of uh, verse 28, what it is to labor and to be heavy laden. The Lord's um, appeal, um, the Lord's invitation is addressed to those who are laboring and are heavy laden. There is another yoke altogether, and it is the yoke of self. Now, when we become Christians, I think the majority of us take over that yoke. It is precisely what the Apostle Paul was trying to say in Galatians and um, uh, chapter 5 and uh, verse 1 For freedom did Christ set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and be not entangled again in a yoke of bondage. There was this other yoke, because what the Lord was talking about was work. He was talking about work, about service. And he was speaking to people who labored 
and were heavy laden. The whole picture is one of heavy work, serious work, uh, work that brought stress and strain. These people were not just working, they were laboring. That I think is a, a more severe word than work, to labor. And um, they were heavy laden. And the Lord's word to them was very, very simple. He also wanted to talk about service. Now there was no rest in that other yoke. And if there is one thing God will faithfully teach us as children of God, it is that the yoke of self never brings rest. The surest way to judge your life and the amount of selfishness that is in it is whether you have rest. For you all know, I know, that every time we yield to the Lord and deny ourselves, a strange peace comes into our lives. A strange rest comes into our being. We can't explain it. When we've got through on an issue with the Lord and have settled something, and when we know that rest and that peace, often we cannot understand why we didn't settle it more quickly. For often, face the truth, often the reason why we are not settling the issue is because we think we will lose our rest. We really believe the Lord is a hard taskmaster and that essentially he will destroy the little joy that we have, the little pleasure that we have, the little bit of license and freedom we have, that he will take it all away and instead we shall have endless work without joy, endless labor without peace, endless toil without any sense of pleasure. But the Lord's word is this, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now I don't think that there is any need to tell you that a yoke is something that we put on a domestic animal, normally an ox, uh, to, uh, uh, for work, for plowing, number of other things. It's the thing that fits around um, the neck or shoulders. I wonder whether you're finding something of a yoke that is um, giving you sores. When a yoke is <clears throat> not properly put on an ox, as sometimes you see in the east, you'll see some terrible sores. Or when a creature is unequally yoked together. That is with a too young bullock or with an ass or a donkey. Uh, then the wearing of the yoke on the, on the bigger creature and the smaller brings much suffering. Now the Lord here is seeking to bring us into rest. Listen to his words. Come unto me, all ye that, are la that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. 
land. Now, it seems to me there are just two or three things that the yoke speaks of in the Bible. And the first one is this. It speaks of discipline. Now, if you turn to Hebrews and uh, chapter 12, Verse 5, ye have forgotten the exhortation which reasoneth with you as with sons. My son, regard not lightly the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art reproved of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. You don't put an ox on a baby calf. You put an, a, a, a yoke on an ox. You don't, I'm sorry, you don't put a yoke on a baby calf. You put a yoke on a one that's growing up, that's reaching maturity. And the Lord says discipline is something he reserves for those growing up. Now there is a proper babyhood stage for us Christians. There is a stage where the Lord delights to give us everything we ask for. It is what we call the nursery stage of our experience. Now, some Christians never get out of it. The Lord gives us toys to play with. He gives us rattles and dummies. He, 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 he does everything for our pleasure. Little bits of colored glass will dangle above our heads. Spiritual mobiles will dance about above us. All kinds of things for our pleasure. Everything for little minds. Little things for little minds. And there is nothing wrong about it. Nothing wrong about it at all. The Lord will fill us with everything. But it is a stage. If we go on with the Lord, we must come into discipline. Now the surest sign that the Lord has his eye on you, and the surest sign that the Lord's going to do something in your life, is when the discipline starts. So don't be afraid of the discipline when the Lord takes away all the rattles, and takes away some of the toys and says very gently to you, now you've got to grow up. Now you've got to know what it is to go off to school, to keep time, to obey regulations, to be disciplined. And this is all the way through. This is what the Lord calls a disciple. A disciple. Discipline. Now the yoke speaks essentially of this discipline, this chastening of the Lord. Now sometimes we think of chastening as just getting um, uh, a tanned on tender places. Um, but uh, although it is true, it says that he scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. That is not the whole truth of the matter. Um, it's not just a question of the cave. It is much, much more. It is the loving education of a very loving father. Now, if you're just saved, you can be quite sure the Lord will be with you and he'll keep you and you'll have that nursery stage. But there will come a time when the Lord starts to discipline you. 
things will not be so easy. Things will not just be all sugar. Uh, then you will know that the Lord's discipline has started. Now it's his yoke. Now it's at that point that all the trouble comes to most of us Christians. Because it's just at that point the devil comes and whispers to us, Oh, this is wrong. This is quite wrong. You should be full of joy. You should be full of life. You shouldn't need this. And there is something in all of us that doesn't like discipline. I've yet to meet a person who uh, just takes to discipline like a duck to water. We don't like it, especially in these days. Even more so, there is very little discipline naturally. So we don't like it spiritually. Now, it's just there that the devil comes, as I've said, and whispers into our ear, you know, God is a terrible taskmaster. A terrible taskmaster. He will just destroy the little joy you've got in your life if you go on like this. And then there comes the issue. And you know what the issue is? Self or Christ. And I am ashamed to say that most of us choose self. We would rather go on in the nursery stage with everything at our hand, enjoying ourselves, everything for our own satisfaction, all for our own joy, everything for our benefit, with overtones of others being helped. Oh, but what is it? When we do help others often in the nursery stage, it is our teddy bear that we're showing them spiritually. But it's our teddy bear when it comes to it. And we make sure in the end that they know it's our teddy bear that we're hanging on to. It's self or Christ. That's the issue. And that's the issue wherever you look in the New Testament. That's what the Lord meant when he said laying down one's life. That is spiritual adulthood. In other words, every one of us, as we grow up, we've got to come to the place where instead of everything circling around us, mother and father, the whole family, our education almost, in, in our kindergarten stage, all going around us to keep us happy, keep us moving on, as it were, it's all, the, the change comes now, no longer just I, but Christ. It's not what I get, but what he gets. That is discipline. Now, the Lord uses all kinds of things to discipline us. He'll use circumstances, situations, the people we live with, the people we work with, um, all kinds of problems. He will use our temperamental uh, uh, qualities, if you like, or advantages or disadvantages. He uses our background. Oh, everything comes into, into play. The Lord's resources, when it comes to discipline, are infinite. Absolutely infinite. And you've only got to look back into the Old Testament to see what the Lord does with people when it comes to the matter of discipline. You've got that man Moses, who is a picture for all of us of service. Forty years of discipline in the desert. Humdrum. 
routine, discipline. Year after year, you've got King David, years and years in the wilderness again. And there are many others that the Lord has to take through this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now, I think all of us give lip service to learning of Christ. But are we learning? How easy it would be if it was just a question of taking the Bible and learning off by heart a few verses. How easy it would be if it was to take a handbook of doctrine and just learn it all so that we know what the doctrines are. How easy it would be. But that's not what the Lord says. He says, learn of me. In other words, it is the yoke by which we learn. We take a yoke upon us and immediately our knowledge becomes experimental. It is no longer theoretical. It is experimental. It is no longer intellectual. It is spiritual. It is translated into another sphere. That's why you'll meet people who are even in the service and work of God. And it's all up here. He'll tell you everything, give you everything, outline everything, define everything, and everything's correct. But you know there's not the life in it. It's the yoke that's the key to it. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That the Lord's yoke is so light. It is incredibly light. It sits on us so lightly. If you compare the Lord's yoke with Satan's yoke, have any of us known anything of Satan's yoke? Or if we compare the Lord's yoke with the yoke of self, self's yoke, the hardest taskmaster in this world is self. It takes us years to see it. But the hardest taskmaster in the world is self. Oh, the tyranny of self. The tyranny of self. Why, the Lord's yoke is like a holiday camp compared with a concentration camp. That's all the difference between self and the Lord. Well, discipline, that's one thing. <clears throat> the second thing that the yoke speaks of is service. I think that, of course, is probably everyone knows that. Uh, it speaks of service. If you turn to 1 Timothy, chapter 5, verse 18, the scripture says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox when he treadeth out the corn. Now, this is all talking about uh, um, those in the work of God. It says elders that will well be accounted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and in teaching. And then I, when I was younger in the Lord, I always used to think it, because I wasn't in the work of God, I always used to think it was terribly funny that our pastor or anyone like that was likened to an ox. Because um, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out uh, the corn. The point is in scripture, I think we all know the ox is a symbol of service. We know that. 
Um, it is a picture of service. And uh, this um, ox treading out the corn had a yoke. The yoke was fastened to a great um, uh, beam. And round and round he went, treading out the corn. And he wasn't to be um, muzzled. In other words, he was permitted to eat the corn that he was treading out. See, that was the principle. Now, <clears throat> we're not talking about that, about the not, the, we're not to be muzzled. Um, what we're um, talking about this morning is service. In other words, the yoke speaks of service. So when the Lord Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy, uh, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest unto your souls, he wasn't just talking about selfish rest. Oh, come on, everyone. Let's all go to the Lord and get peace. This is the whole point. Our essential rest, the fullness of rest and peace comes when we're in his service. When we've gone over from the basis of self to the basis of Christ, from what we are getting to what he is getting. When we turn over that service, that's when we get rest. Ye shall find rest unto your souls. I have no doubt about it. The Lord's greatest problem is finding servants. It's not the question of saving people, although we would love to see the Lord save many more, but it's the question of getting servants, people who can serve him. Because all of us want to jump into service without any discipline. We don't want the yoke. If we can jump into service without the yoke, that would be marvellous. Choose where we're going. Choose what we shall do. Choose our hours and all the rest of it. And many people in the first flush of Christian uh, experience offer themselves to the Lord. And what happens later on? The whole thing revolves around them. It's what they're going to do, what they're going to be, the place they're going to occupy. The yoke keeps us directed. If we've not got the yoke, we can do what we want. But when the yoke is upon us, we're directed, we're harnessed. Now, I must say that a few of us, again, like to be harnessed. It's this whole, coming right back again to this whole question of ourselves. What is the freedom that Christ gives us? It is a freedom that is entirely found within himself and within his will. Service. The last thing the yoke speaks about, at least to me, is fellowship. In other words... Generally, not always, but generally speaking, you will find two oxen or what is called a yoke of oxen. Now, you'll find this everywhere in Scripture, a yoke of oxen. That's more than one. Two, three, you can even get four or five. And they're all yoked together. Now, I think some of you know the Scripture says you, you shall not be unequally yoked. It speaks of the ass 
not being yoked with the ox. Now there are plenty of asses in the work of God. And uh, there's all this unequal yoking which brings suffering to everyone. God wants an equal yoking, but he wants an equal yoking. In other words, when the Lord Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, there was some thought too of us being yoked with others. When two oxen are yoked together, they've both got to go the same way. Can two walk together except they be agreed? If one stumbles, the other goes on and pulls him up. So if you've ever seen a yoke of oxen and you see one uh, um, leg gives way in a rut or something, you'll see the other goes on and he's yanked up and on he goes. Rather unceremoniously. But it's the harnessing together that has kept them at it and kept them together. And fellowship is just that. Fellowship is not meant to dictate to us. It is meant to be protection. Protection. In other words, as we are yoked together in the service of God, we keep one another out of danger, or should. If it's his yoke, we're keeping one another Together, going on, and out of danger. Three very simple things that the yoke speaks of. I fear they find me out. I'm sure they find many of you out. The three things, discipline, service, and fellowship. Genuine rest and peace comes this way. It is the produce of discipline, the aftermath of discipline. Whenever you touch a life in which the peace of God is really manifested, you know someone who's been disciplined. They've gone through it. And they've come through with a knowledge of the Lord no one can take away. They've learned of him. You, whenever you find peace manifested in a life, you will find that there is, there is real service. It is the service of God. He is first in everything. They are directed. And you will also find, strangely enough, that it's fellowship that is a key to peace. Real peace. When we're all on our own, independent, we find so often we're fretful, frustrated people. It's fellowship that keeps us together, keeps us going on, and in the end gives us that peace and rest which is fundamental. Shall we pray? Lord, there is not one of us who does not need to take thy yoke upon us and learn of thee. 
Oh, dear Lord, we do pray that to each one of us it shall come as a true experience that thy yoke is light and thy, thy yoke is easy and thy burden light. Oh, Lord, we just, we just commit ourselves to thee. Will thou help us? Only by thy Holy Spirit touching the eyes of our hearts can we see, Lord, what it really means to take that yoke upon us. But, Lord, we all need rest in these days of rush and haste and busyness. We need that rest. Lord, may we find it. We ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. May you know the loving education of a very loving Father. May you know the deep, deep love of Jesus.